Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Here we go, Davey. Who they? Who they? Who they say gonna beat the Bengals? Who they? Who they? Who they say gonna beat the Bengals? No! And we're back, baby. Mr. Jones beat us. Winning's a fairy tale. And we stare at turnovers. We're losing again. I don't know. We're losing again. And welcome back to Fuck You, We Like the Bengals. I'm your host, Alex Schubert. Uh, Lloyd Johnson is absent for the day, so sitting in is a very special guest. Um, former finalist on America's Got Talent, introduce yourself. Hey, it's Ryan Niemiller. Ryan Niemiller, Cripple Threat. Man, how are you doing, man? We saw each other last weekend, I think, like a week and a half ago. Yeah, a couple weeks ago, yeah. You dropped in when I was in Indianapolis for weird socially distant shows. Uh, <laughs> doing comedy during this is the weirdest thing. It it's really is. Like, I haven't, I'm, I feel lucky to do any set because I haven't done a set since, like, early November. And, like, you're, are you still headlining cl- clubs or something? Yeah, yeah, a little bit for, like, places that are open and places that I feel safe going. Um, you know, that's also part of it, too. There are some places that are technically open, but I'm like, I don't know how comfortable I feel going to Florida right now. Oh, and, yeah, because Florida kind of doesn't things, have, though. Florida doesn't have any COVID laws, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad that at least a lot of places are taking personal responsibility. Yes. But I think you could still do, like, you put 100,000 people in a football stadium right now, and it's not illegal. Yeah, I mean, you no, put, I don't think anyone's doing that. No. But you can't do that, which is weird. Like, you can have, like, sick, or you can have a two grand at a church event in Tulsa. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. All right. Well, I think. Not, not to get too dark, but if they're that excited to meet their Lord, they're doing their best to speed <laughs> that along. So. Yeah. I mean, you've performed for some pretty big audiences. I'm pretty sure in the millions. Uh, I mean, not like all in the same room. Yes, not all in the same room. <laughs> but that's a, it's a little different, but yeah. I mean, I'm sure Simon Cowell felt like at least 100,000 people. Yeah, like, like it, it was weird with that because like... Maybe I was too stupid to be, like, intimidated by him, but I kind of just figured, like, like, it was part of, you know, I would rather perform for a judgmental Simon Cowell than three drunks at a redneck bar in Iowa who don't know it's comedy night. If I can survive that, Simon Cowell's nothing. Yeah, all right, so a little context for the listeners. You came in uh, third place on America's Got Talent. 
That's yep. insane. Congratulations, dude. Thank you. Yeah. I'm so the third most talented person in America. Yes. Technically, second most talented person because one of them was a choir, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Well, if you want to go that way, technically, I'm like the 84th most talented person, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's neither here nor there. Yes. So how did that start? Like you went on, and first of all, do you ever get tired of talking about this? Not really. Um, it's one of those things that I'm just glad anyone wants to talk about me at all. <laughs> so if, if that's the uh, if that's the avenue right now that people want to talk about, hell yeah, dude, go um, for it. I mean, it. It was such a cool thing that like no one gets to do. You know, it's it's such a rare thing to not only even just get on the show but have the run I did. So that's I, insane, I don't take that man. for granted. I'm very grateful that I even had the chance. So. Yeah, and i got to give you props for that, dude, because like, performing for, like, literally, how many people in that theater were there? Uh, so for the actual events of the audition, there's about 4,000 people. Okay. Um, for judge cuts, they do that at a sound studio or, like, a TV studio at Universal Studios. Okay. So that's only about 400, which is still a decent chunk. It's bigger than any uh, crowd I've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then the live shows, the last three rounds, those are all done at the Dolby, Dolby Theater, which I think is anywhere, it's like between twenty five and 3,000. Oh my god. twenty five to so, 30,000 yeah. or 2,500 to 3,000? 2,500 to 3,000. Okay, Sorry. got it. Yeah. No, you're good, you're good. But yeah. then the first, like when you realized, because Gabrielle Union was the one that was like, I want to see more of you, right? Yeah. And like, that's that's had to have been like, when did it set in, like, oh my god, I could actually do this? Yeah, for for me it was it was a really weird experience because like I've been trying to get on the show for five years before I actually did. Yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah, so so it it wasn't just like a thing where I was like, oh, this seems neat. I'll go <laughs> try. Like I would, I had actively been trying, so I thought that was going to be the best vehicle for me. And um, it really didn't set in until I was actually in the middle of that first audition's performance. Yes. So kind of like, like beforehand, like you don't really know what to expect. And, and like, I, I don't want to like make it sound like I was just like so cool and calm. No, you're fine. I was definitely nervous. But for me, when there's things that like, it was such an unknown quantity, it wasn't the type of nervous where I was like, oh shit, this is, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. You know, it's like make like, it or break it. Expect, so I didn't know what to be scared of. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, well, when I actually got up there and started performing, and I was about midway through my set, and they kind of edited it a little bit differently, but uh, I got a standing ovation in the middle of my set. Really? And, yeah. And, and I think, like, during that joke, when everyone stood up, like, in my brain, I kind of went, oh, fuck. This is, <laughs> this is maybe a little bit bigger than I kind of had convinced myself it was when I first started. Because I remember hearing the-, the judges' comments. I was like, okay, yeah, this is... This could be a run. This could be a thing. Because I remember, like, the way they edited it, they made it seem like that you got a standing ovation, like, at the end of your set. Yeah. But I had no idea it was, like, the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't want to sound like, I don't want this to sound like I'm, like, humble bragging or anything. No. But I think by the time it was over, I think the way, because the actual process, like, the comments and stuff, it takes a little bit longer than what they show on television, because they kind of get to the... They're a little looser during those. Yes. Uh, for the auditions. Because um, I actually made uh, Simon Cowell and uh, Julianne Huff curse, which was nice. Really? <laughs> Simon Cowell <laughs> yeah. cursing? Who would have known? 
Yeah, yeah, he, uh, he, he called, because like, I made the comment about bookers, like, sometimes, like, I would do well, and they'd be like, yeah, we still don't want to book you, you're not really what we're looking for. Yeah. Um, so, our, uh, Julianne Huff was like, those guys are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously they cut that part, but, and then Simon Cowell was like, yeah, they're dicks, too. <laughs> so that was kind of cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And then the run, so how many minutes of material do you think you did in total on the show? 13 to 15, somewhere around there, for the actual, for season 14, and then when you add in Champion, so it was probably around 20 minutes. Okay. And then, and then right after the show, I remember the weekend after finals, you were at Wiley's. Yep, right away. I, I flew, the finals was on Wednesday, I flew home Thursday, was at Wiley's on Friday. That's insane, because I remember I the line, the tour. I remember you were in, uh... <sighs> The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Because I went to the show because I work um, when there's not a pandemic about a mile from Wiley's. So I'm like, I'll yeah. stop by. And I remember we were in the bar area and some lady saw you. She's like, oh, my God, it's you. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, yeah, that's what you bought tickets for. Why wouldn't it be? <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah, that, that, that's been a strange thing, too. Like, obviously, during the pandemic, that's not happening as much because there's yes. not as many live shows and things. But... Yeah, it was just wild that even for like a little bit of time, people were just like so excited that, you know, because you don't feel yourself that way. Like, you know, the struggle you went through and you just kind of, I still see myself as the same person who was sleeping in his car to get to gigs yeah. and all that kind and of stuff. And doing Wiley's for like, for like 15 people. Yeah, exactly. You know, like I, I had like Wiley's before that weekend before. Yeah. And maybe sold 70 tickets the entire weekend. <laughs> I hosted, you know? so I hosted like, one and there were 30 people the entire weekend. Yeah, it's just, it, it's tough. But people don't understand that this business is a grind. And, you know, like, like for a lot of people, they're just like, oh, this guy came out of nowhere. He's just this overnight sensation. Like, no, I grinded for a long time, 14 years in now. Yeah. You know, and I was 12 years in when I got AGT, so there, there's a lot more to it than just show up on TV and now suddenly you headline. Like, you don't automatically become good the moment you show up on NBC. Exactly. Like, Terry yeah, Crews yeah. didn't give you the magic touch. There. Yeah, it's, it's wild, man. It, it was a, a wild experience. And the fact that it's like, obviously things have been a little different this year with everything going on, but it's still cool just to be in that position and, and have people care. That's insane. But, man, I got to give you props for that, dude. That's just such an insane run that you had. Like, you were like, for the Midwest, you're like, I know, like, I barely knew you at the time. I'm like, I know that guy. I talked to you about fucking everyone, man. So, 
Keep up the yeah, good, keep yeah, up I, the I, good I, work, man. Yeah, I think that threw a lot of people off too, because like, like I live in Southern California now. Yes. But at the time, I was still living in Indianapolis. Like I'm an old Indiana kid. Yeah. And and, and I think when people would see me around town there, they would be surprised because I think like the jaded thought when people say like, "Oh, yeah, I'm from Indianapolis." I was like, he probably lived in Indianapolis, but he lives in L.A. or New York now, like everyone trying to make it does. And yeah. Like, no, I was, still, I was still living in Indy, just shopping at Kroger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doing all that, so. Living the old Indy so, life. Yeah, going it was to... cool to do that from uh, from a place like that, too, where I felt a little more comfortable. Yeah. But, dude, c- congratulations. And I wish there was a, during that place, I wish, this is a segue to the reads, by the way. I wish there was a place that I could bet on, like, how far you could have could have went in AGT because if I put money on you to like go further and further, I could have made some serious cash. <laughs> well, there, there were some websites because like I couldn't help but like during the thing, I was googling a lot of stuff about AGT. <laughs> um, I don't know if there was actually cash bets, but I know that there was like there's a website it's called like goldderby.com. Okay, where they do like kind of odds games and things like that. So they'll do it for. For reality, you know, competition shows like ADT, they'll do it for the Oscars and Golden Globes. Okay. That, that. So, like, you kind of, like, sign up for that and you get points based on, like, oh, if you pick this person to get third place, you get... So, like, there's things like that. I'm sure, just like anything, you know, you can bet real money on probably everything. Yes. <laughs> I didn't actually... Uh, I didn't see any of those. Yes. But... Um, I, I will tell you it helped motivate me a little bit because uh, the way that, uh, like, I, I want to kind of make this clear. Yeah. Um, I love AGT fans, even when they're passionate. Like, yes. There are some people that are so behind me and were so pulling for me. That's insane. That, like, it's very cool. And, and I appreciate that passion. But a lot of times, what happens with when you're passionate about the things, I compare really hardcore AGT fans. To hardcore pro wrestling fans, aka <laughs> comedians, exactly. Where, where, where they think they know a little bit more than they actually do. Yes, they, they, they know just enough to not know what they don't know. Kind of thing. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yes. Um, so, so I remember going on like the uh, the kind of AGT Reddit page, and it's not like an official AGT page, but it's like where all the AGT fans talk. Oh, about you would just it. lurk. What's that? Would you just lurk on those pages like, man, they're talking about me and I'm getting like a hundred upvotes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So like sometimes like the positive stuff was cool, but like you got so many people who were like, you know, like after I did my finals performance, like everyone was like, yeah, he was like the 10th, but he was 10 out of 10. He was the worst. Oh my God. And and, and in my head, I was thinking like everyone can have their own personal opinion. I never get mad if anyone doesn't like me because... You, plenty of popular who gives a shit? You're making like. money. You you don't give a shit anymore. It, exactly. But it was not one of those things. Like even just looking from like how that show works, I was like, "There's no way I'm not top five, which is how it works. You know, it, it, people again, they know they know too much to not know. I'm like, they so they think whatever they think is how America thinks, and I was like, no, America was all about what I was doing. <laughs> so it's it very was awesome. interesting. Yeah, I mean, even looking at the context of sports and football, how many you know odds makers and like fantasy football gurus have just shitty weeks? You know, it, it's part of. But sometimes you can't predict. Like, like I, I know a lot about football. I don't win my fantasy football league every week. I'm going to get into that <laughs> you know, after the like, ad read. 
Because yeah, I got it, screwed it, it, last night. <laughs> Did you see the game? Uh, I, I I was not following along. I, I don't. Uh, I, I'm one of those kind of newfangled people who doesn't spend money on uh, on cable. <laughs> so I do a lot of like ESPN, GameCast. Yes. Well, all of that stuff. But yes, if I if there was a place I could bet on how far you go on AGT, I'd I'd go to bet online. I would yeah, I would honestly. Yeah, it, it, it was one of those things. Like when I was uh, when I was on the show, like when I find when I found out I was going to get to audition. Maybe this was just blind confidence, but like I was like, I'm going to make the finals. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't think. Like I wanted to win. I was actively trying. to You didn't win, know how good Cody Lee was going to be. Well, yeah, that too. I mean, and, and plus, just like the way that that show is set up, it's not designed for comics to do well. Yeah. So it's going to be really hard for a comedian to ever win that because the, the issue is a lot of people who watch that show don't think comedy is a talent, and, and it's hard to overcome that. Yes. Because uh, the, 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 this is how I kind of describe it to people: why I don't think a comedian will ever win. Um, say someone's a juggler. Yep. And you hate jugglers, Alex. I you could still more watch, or less. You could still watch a juggler on AGT, and even if you hate juggling, you could be like, okay, at least he. I can tell he worked hard. He practiced. He's good at what he does. I just don't like this. Yes. With comedy, since all you do as a comedian, as far as how people look at it, you're just standing and talking. Yep. That, that, that's how, if people don't understand like what all goes into writing jokes, yes. they just think standing and talking. So if they don't think you're funny, that means in their eyes you're talentless. Yeah. It doesn't mean that they just don't have that opinion of, you know, like, okay, this just isn't for me. They just go, well, I didn't laugh, and all he does is stand there and talk. That means he's useless. Yes. So I'm not voting for him. That's why it's going to be really hard for a comic to get over the hump. So for, for me to get third, I was so happy with that. Yes. But I think if I wanted to bet on like a, com- or on a comedian winning, I'd go to bet online, you know, because the wait is finally over. Football is in full effect with many teams starting their stuff. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, dude, AGT was crazy. The betting thing was crazy. So I was getting to this with uh, with betting. So the Seahawks Eagles game happened last night. You were following along with it. Yes, I was. Yeah, I had uh, I had Miles Sanders and the Eagles defense playing. <laughs> so, I, so I was very uh, my Miles Sanders has been very uh, feast or famine this yes. year. He was hurt he for a while, had... wasn't he? What's that? He was hurt for a while, wasn't he? Yeah, he was hurt for a little bit. And, and the issue that why he's so feast or famine. Seems to be the eagle. The Eagles are such a heckle and jive uh, or uh, Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, Jekyll and Hyde team this year. Yes, where it's like they they either play really well and they're kind of into it. Like like last night's game, like the, the score ended up being a lot closer. But the Eagles or uh, the Seahawks, the first half of that game were dominating. Yes, dominating. Like they they they. So they're not going to run the ball with Miles Sanders at that. Wentz point. was terrible the first half. Awful. He's been awful all year. He was he missed he, a lot of throws yesterday. Yeah, he, he's someone that uh, I'm very fortunate that I was I took a flyer on Justin Herbert oh. for my fantasy team because Wentz was my guy. I'm in a, a, a dynasty league 
So oh. for three or four years, because I had him for a low price. Okay. Uh, this is probably going to be the last year I keep him. Just because I, I took a flyer on Herbert, and he's worked out really well so far. He's been fantastic. So the um, I've been getting into like actual sports betting recently, and the line for the game was the Seahawks were favored by six and a half. I labored. Oh, you know where this is going. <laughs> you know where this is going. Ouch. So, <laughs> so for the majority of the game, the Seahawks had beaten the spread, and in the fourth quarter, with like how much, like twenty seconds to go. Carson Wentz throws up what I can describe. He just pulled a rabbit out of his ass and somehow completed a Hail Mary, tipped off of Travis Fulgham to Richard Rodgers, who caught it one-handed. And I'm like, all right, they're going to kick a field goal and and the Seahawks will still cover the spread. They're going for two, aren't they? And they made the two-point conversion and they lost. And the the Eagles beat – they covered the spread. So a lot of people lost out on money. Like there was a story of one dude who bet, I think, and I'm not making this number up, five hundred thousand dollars on the Eagle or on the Seahawks to beat the spread, and that two point conversion cost him. Yeah, for people like that, I generally don't feel bad about. Like that sucks. That's a bad beat. I don't yes. want to like play that. But if you have a half a million just lying around that you could bet on a pretty meaningless Monday night game in the middle in week of an NFL 12? season, you're probably okay. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, I'm not saying that doesn't hurt, but you're probably okay it, if you have a half million to burn for that. I, I bet 50 on it and it killed me. Uh, yeah, you don't get to... You don't get to pay rent now. That sucks. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to have a conversation with my landlord about that. <laughs> That's honestly been one of the biggest reasons that I've never got. Like, like uh, my family and a few friends, we do a, a, a pick em every year. Yes, I'm into that. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, you're part of that too. Yes. And, and I, I usually do pretty well on that. Like, I think I have a pretty good eye for spreads naturally. But I think a lot of it is because I, I don't overthink it because there's no actual money on the line. Like you know, yeah. there, there's a you know, there, there's a cash payout. We all put like twenty five bucks in, and then at the end, so there's a little. But that's not like that's not not pay your bills money because yes. you accidentally put five hundred thousand dollars on the Seahawks. Yeah. So uh, I, I think like I love like stuff like gambling as a concept. It's why I don't do it. Because yeah. I definitely know my personality. The second I got like that first like kind of win, I'd be like, "All right, thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> Here we go." You know, because I like guy, I just stay away. Because what gambling does is like, if I bet a hundred dollars and win eighty dollars, I lose twenty dollars, but still feel like I won. Yeah, you feel like you did. You were you almost got it. You almost had the right yes. thing. You know, you were, you were close. Like this past weekend, I I, I do Fanduel. I've like I've. I've usually either broken even or lost a little bit of money on FanDuel, but like this weekend I had a contest out of like 132,000 people and came in 366th. It was like a $1 entry, but I still won like 12 bucks because I had Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. Which yeah, that'll just, do it. <laughs> Tyreek put up the best game, I've one of the best games I've ever seen. Yeah, like that was that first half. The first uh, quarter? Like, I thought he had a legitimate chance because, I mean, they air it out. That's what they do. 
I thought he had a legitimate chance to beat the old uh, Flipper Anderson yardage record. Yeah, it was he like, had what? like what, 240 or something like that in the first two, half? 200, 200 or so in the first quarter. Yeah, it was insane. Yeah. And the records, I think, like, what, 336, yeah. I think, is what Pretty close. Anderson had. So, so I, I'm a big, like, like, it's the reason I love sports. I'm a big, like, stats and records guy. Oh, me guy. too. Like, I love that. That's why I love concept. fantasy so much. Yeah, and I'm a huge baseball fan. Like, like I love football. Baseball's probably slightly ahead as, like, my number one. Yes. And it's because there, there's so much, you know, it's literally over 100 years of numbers and stats. And if you love that kind of stuff... Sports is amazing for it. Billy DeVore, former host. I don't know if you know Billy DeVore, former host of the podcast. Yeah, he's uh, he hosts a podcast. Actually, they're on the, they're on the same network as us called The New Nasty Boys. It's kind of a okay. rad thing. Billy and uh, Lee Kimbrell, they're the two hosts of it. They are Billy is one of the Billy's the biggest baseball nerd I know. He knows practically everything about it. So yeah, it, it's it's fun. I, if it's something. Uh... If you, if you like I said, if you love numbers and you love like stats and history and that, baseball probably has the, the lock on that as far as like overall. Yes, because they're very concrete you know, numbers. Yeah, but, but that's the thing. That, that was one of the reasons why I originally got into football is because I, I started. Uh, uh, I remember it was uh, I got a copy of Tecmo Super Bowl for the NES. Bo Jackson. Back in the day, we'll talk and, about and, like, that in a sec. That, like tracked your stats. Oh, like the season. football games really didn't do that up until that point. Like you couldn't like do a season really. Yeah, where I kept track of your numbers, and so for me getting to see that, then my brain's like, oh, I'm going to see how many passing yards I can get in a year, how many rushing it. Like that really kind of triggered my love of football. Yes, that was probably Madden for me. Yeah, Madden and the Bengals having a finally. De- they went from the first year I watched the Bengals. The the year before they went two and fourteen. And then they went 8-8 eight and eight the next year, and I'm like, all right, Sean Salisbury's in on the Bengals. I'm in on the Bengals, too. <laughs> and you're a Dolphins guy, right? Yeah, so, so we both know frustration. Yes. Yes. You guys are doing a little better than us. Um, but before we talk about uh, football, you, you just brought up uh, Tecmo. You're a, big, you're a real big video game collector guy. Yep, that is, that is my thing. Really? So, so, so if, I have, uh, if I have one uh, monetary vice... You know, a lot of people, you know, we talk about gambling. A lot of people, that might be what they spend their money on. A lot Mine's takeout. Exactly. exactly. I mean, everyone has their thing. A lot of people do it with, uh, with like, alcohol and stuff like that. When, like, bars are still open. A lot of people, like, hey, Shots open for everybody. Weekend. That's what they do. Yes. For me, it's video games. I, I love, um, it, it kind of goes back to a little bit of that, like, sports tie-in with, like, numbers and stats. Uh, I also, I love checklists. So for me, like, like I, I, I obviously love playing video games. You know, I don't just, I wouldn't buy video games at the rate I do if I didn't enjoy playing them as well. So let me get that out there. Yes. But, but there, there's something really interesting to me about, you know, there was only a finite amount of Super Nintendo games made. Yes. And they're out there in the wild somewhere. So when I'm on the road, when that's a thing. Um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of comics are out, like, drinking or trying to, you know, pick up strange women or... You you're know, at the antique store. Or you're at the video game store. I go, I try to find, like, mom and pop video game stores and grab some stuff for the collection. Like, that just makes me happy. Um, I'm a little sad right now. Most of my stuff has to be in a storage unit because uh, I don't have my house yet. <laughs> uh, I still have a small apartment, but... 
it's just like I, I I love doing it. And I think I'm up to like 2,500 games right now. That's so, nuts. Yeah, it's and it's not even close to what the highest is. Really, like some of the people's collections. Yeah, I think the world record is somewhere around 25,000. Holy dick! That's insane. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot, and that, that's a lot of money too. Because like like my like not not that like that's the end all be all, but like monetarily, my collection's worth a decent amount. There's people who have individual games that are worth more than my entire collection. So. Oh, like like what game would that be though? Uh, usually, what's considered the holy grail game is a game called Stadium Events for the original Nintendo. Okay. Um, all the game is it's literally the exact same game. Uh, if you remember the, uh, I don't know how old you are, so you might not remember this. But Super like, Nintendo was very Man? young, and then Nintendo 64 was like what I grew up on. Nintendo 64 and GameCube. Got it. Got it. So there was a the, um, a peripheral that was made uh, called the Power Pad, and it's basically like it was like an early version of stuff like D and D. Yep. Kind of where you had a running mat, and you would literally like run on it, and you would do like racing events, you do like hurdles and things like that. Uh, it, it was a cool kind of proof of concept, but it wasn't really great. The technology just wasn't there yet. Yep. So, it eventually Nintendo had that and they released it with their consoles and a triple disc where it was Super Mario Brothers Duck Hunt and World Class Track Meet. Yep. That was what the game was. World Class Track Meet originally was a game called Stadium Events that Nintendo bought the technology for so that they could package it with new NESs. Okay. So so the game Stadium Events was only it, it was very low profile. It didn't really have any advertising. No one knew what it was. It was sold on shelf. Like there, the information's a little cloudy because just people weren't paying attention to this back then. Okay. Video games were still cool enough where they didn't care. But it was on the shelves for maybe a week, if that, and no one really bought it because no one knew what it was. Okay. So, so there's something like maybe ten, if that, complete copies that are known to exist. Really. Of stadium. They were taking like when Nintendo bought the technology. All the games were pulled off the shelves. Yep. So there's only like, I, and I might be a little cloudy with that exact number, but there's That's something fine. like there's a very very small amount of actual in box copies that exist. Um, and what would you say the price okay. range on that is? Yeah. Um, now it's gone way up. I have a buddy who he has a complete NES collection in box, um, which is very cool. And, and he got most of his stuff. He. he he started collecting like in the '90s, so he got ahead of the price ranges before anyone knew these were worth anything. Yep. He still paid twenty five thousand dollars for stadium events. Wow. At this point, he could probably because he has one in box, like it's a perfect copy. He could probably sell it for at least a hundred grand now if he wanted. To. That's insane. So people have video game collections that are upwards of a million dollars. Would you say? Yep. Yep. I, Absolutely. I could not even fathom that because I had like I thought what I had was a decent video game collection it was like it could fit in like a fucking tote bag yeah <laughs> and I know because they all got taken from me um because I lived in a shitty part of town yeah but yeah that'll do it yes and then I started like recollecting a little bit I have like I'd say like 25 30 games but they're all like my favorite games from my childhood like I grew up on N64 like Super Mario Brothers I know I like my video game Calling card a second speed run that game. That's the that's the right. only thing I know how to do. Um, but then I also have like Mario Kart, Mario Party, just the basics for the N sixty four and the GameCube and all that shit. So we actually talked about this at Helium. What would you say is your favorite game? 
My favorite game ever, easily, is uh, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past for the Super Nintendo. Nice. My, is Ocarina of Time is definitely in my top five. Yeah. Uh, Ocarina of Time is, is like, it's weirdly, like, and it's something I'm taking care of in 2021 because I'm doing a, a charity thing that I'm going to announce soon. Okay. But Ocarina of Time is one that I, I have weirdly never played that game. It's fantastic. Yeah, Oh, I know I need to. There, there was just this brief period. So, like, when I was a kid, I had NES as my first console. Then I got a Super Nintendo. So I had a lot of hours in both of those. And then when I kind of got to high school, it was one of those things. That's kind of when N64 was coming out for me. That was more one of those things that I was more concerned with, like, hanging out with my friends. And, yep. like, so I, I just kind of fell off of video games for a while there. I still played some of my old stuff. There were just certain games that I just played that were like in a routine yeah but i was like more into pro wrestling and like that that's kind of where my nerddom went yep. at that time yep so like i missed most of n64 like early playstation most of gamecube yeah i just wasn't into it and then kind of when i started getting back into video games like really hardcore again was more like you know xbox 360 ps3 oh yeah that time frame. so i had this like little bit of a blind spot where I'm still catching up on actually playing those games. So uh, Ocarina of Time will be one that is getting taken care of in 2021 for sure. It's a masterpiece, dude, because it's like, it's full of, it's got a fantastic story. It is full of puzzles, and you, I feel like you'd be like a guy that's like a puzzle video game. It's it's yes. way up there, but it's got full, it's full of puzzles and just hidden things and the ending, the ending of the game, spoiler alert for our listeners, it's like everything comes together. Like every, there's like five dungeons or so, um, but they all come together at the end of the game. You like, you'd be like this one, you beat the Hyrule Castle and there's like five little mini levels that you beat and they're all like, you have to beat the Shadow Temple to be, to unlock this one. You have to unlock, beat the Fire Temple to unlock this one. It's unbelievable. And I cannot recommend it enough. Yeah, the only thing I'm a little bit worried about with like that era of games is um, graphically they don't hold up well. Yeah, and the because, camera can be kind of funky. The camera's perfect on Ocarina. Yeah, Super Mario uh, 64, the camera's weird. It takes a lot of adjusting to... It was, like, the first video game that, like, really used that, like, behind-the-guy camera angle. Yeah, yeah, it, it's one of the things, like, I, I never fault games for, like, not having figured it out the first time around. Yes. Because, obviously, this, it was really, on, on like, at least a, a wide-scale um, basis, it was kind of the first time that, like, that 3D environment was really tackled. Yes. So, so the, the, way, the way that I always kind of describe it is, like, you know... Old, like, 8-bit and 16-bit, those, like, pixel graphics, yep. hold up really well today. They're still beautiful, because they're kind of cartoony, yes. and cartoons don't really age the same way. It has, like, it has a simplistic nature to it. Exactly. Like, like, you can play Super Mario World now for the Super Nintendo, it looks gorgeous. Yeah. Mario 64, it's a little different. Uh, yeah, I remember the first very blocky. Seven. My mind was blown away the first time I played Final Fantasy VII because I was like, they look like real people and they're moving around to real space. Yeah. The fire that came up now, it's real. You really got to power through how it looks. It's, like, you, like, look I, at I all the. Uh, it's, it's weird. Like, like it's still at, a great game, but you kind of have to 
play it in spite of the graphics instead of because of the graphics. Yeah, like look at old Madden games. Like think about how like yeah. lunky the players were. Like they're pretty. They're great now. I mean, the Madden games have kind of like fallen off. I don't know how much people care about them anymore. But like the old retro Madden games, they're just like like to a fault blocky. Yeah, but at the time we were like, hell yeah, they're looking like real people now. <laughs> you know, it's just how it works. Yes. But yeah, dude, that's that's insane. Uh, what's your other than stadium uh, stadium events? Is it? Yes. What's the dream? What's the game that, like you've heard is like way up there, but you haven't played yet besides Ocarina? Um. So as far as like games that like I'm trying to collect, because like most things, if you want to, like I don't advocate this because I'm a collector, but I, if this isn't me like you're a bad person if you do it. You can emulate so much of that old stuff and just download it on the internet and play it. So, but but for me, I want to actually own the thing. I like to display as much as I like to play. Like yes. that's an important thing for me. Just a flex. Um, exactly. Yeah, it's a it's a cool like like I have like uh, my girlfriend and I are in the early stages of looking to buy a house. Yeah, I basically told her you can have the other eighty percent of the house. That's fine. You can do whatever you want with it. We can decorate it however you want. I need just a big-ass space that I can build my game room. That's it. You can do everything else is your call. If you want to put a pool in, hell yeah, we'll put a pool in. I don't care. <laughs> one, of my, want. one of my best friends has a video game collection. It's actually, like, fairly impressive, but I think it's, like, maybe in, the in like, a couple thousand. I'm not sure, but it's, like, he has, his entire basement is dedicated to Nintendo. Like, he has, like, five TVs down there, and one of them is, like, one of those older TVs that, like, syncs up to an N64. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that is the goal. Like that's the dream of my of what I want to do. Because um, I, I think it just looks cool, and it's just like it's fun to have that experience. Like like for a lot of people, they don't care. They just want to hook up a, a PlayStation to their TV, and that's fine. Like it takes all kinds. For me, I'm sort of trying to recapture my childhood a little bit. Yes. Uh, we grew up dirt poor. Um, you know, we we had games. Like I obviously got to play some stuff, but a lot of stuff like you had five games at any given time and you better play the hell out of those games because you can't just go get a new one yes. whenever you want you know so um that's kind of what i do so I, i'd say for me if there's like one kind of holy grail game for me right now because you know eventually i would love to have it but stadium events just isn't a practical dream right now yeah you know i i'm I don't even own a house yet i'm not going to put a hundred grand into a video game that's not even that good <laughs> you know <laughs> Just because um, it's rare. Exactly. So so the one that I would say that I probably des most desperately want that is at least semi-reasonable a price is a game called Little Samson for the original Nintendo. Okay. Um, it is pretty rare. The, the A cart alone is still going to cost you probably $1,200 to $1,500. Yes. Um, but it's it's legitimately a good game. It's one, Most games, if they're pricey, it's because... No one bought them because they're terrible. Hmm. Chances are, if a game is rare, it's because the game is garbage. That's why no one bought it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's just how it works. Little Samson's one of the uh, the interesting ones where it's, it's it came in late in the Nintendo cycle. Super Nintendo was already out, so people just weren't buying NES games as much. Yeah. And, 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 it, and it's the weird game. Like, it's not from a major, you know, it's not in the Mario franchise. It's nothing that, like, it's just this weird kind of offshoot game that's a lot of fun, and uh, that's kind of like my my grail game right now. Yes. 
So before we get into the football talk, I saw this thing on Facebook pop up yesterday, and I want to ask you this question. When Nintendo World, like the theme park, is a thing and you can go, when are you going? Have you seen it yet? As close close to day one as possible. Yes. Because I saw it's like coming out in Japan next year, but it's going to be in like Orlando or some shit next. Like, yeah, the Universal Studios. I, they're doing the early building of it. Obviously, COVID has sort of slowed a lot of that down. Yes. Because um, I, I think the one in Japan was supposed to open in September. I think yeah. it was already supposed to be open by now, but kind of obviously things pushed it back a little bit. Yes. Um, I'll tell you what, like, I want to go to the one in Japan, too. Like, uh, Japan's... uh, Oh, that's where Nintendo was birthed and, like, raised. Yeah, exactly. And and Japan, in general, is just kind of a bucket list place. Like, I'm not a... Because of comedy, I travel a lot anyway, so I don't like to travel casually all that often. I'd rather stay at home since my job has me traveling. Yes. Uh, But Japan is a place that I'm actively like, hell yeah, let's go to Japan. I love so it. if I can also mix in some video game nerddom, I'm all for that. Because my friend, I was talking to my friend Alex, who I've known since I was in the fifth grade. We were both big Nintendo nerds. He's like, that theme park is going to, it's like, it's a kid's place. It's going to be mostly adults. Absolutely. 100%. Because <laughs> people our age that grew up with Super Nintendo. That's why, like, if you, if you want to talk like collecting, you said you're an N64 guy. Yes. People, like, how old are you? 28. 28, yeah, so you're, sir, I'm 10 years older than you, so we're from a little bit different uh, demographics of there. But, but you grew up with the N64, and people your age are starting to get to the age now when you have a little bit of extra money to spend. I need to so get a Switch. So now people are like, oh, I'm going to buy this old N64 stuff that I grew up with. I'm going to buy all these games. So the price of N64 games are going way up now. Yeah, they're collector's items. Super Nintendo games have been pricey for the last five, six years for the same kind of reason. Yes. People my age have money to blow now. So yeah. So now they're going to go buy the old shit they remember. Yes. I think it, part of me thinks like they're more expensive now than they were then. For a lot of them, yeah. Yeah. That's like, yeah, like, like some of stuff, because I'm, I'm in the middle of trying to get a full uh, N64 collection. Yes. That's something I'm, I'm actively working on right now. I'm about, I don't know, 40% or so there. Yep. Uh, and I haven't even gotten into the really pricey ones yet. But even something that's like, it's crazy that like Mario Kart is not a rare game. No, I have it. a very popular game. It still sells for about 40 to $60 cart alone. Yeah. Do you have it? I do. Yeah. Yes. That is one I got. Because, like, Nintendo games especially have that. It's a weird thing about, like, collecting is, like, they just hold their value because people are always going to want them. Yeah. There's not a shortage of Super Mario 64s out there. They were a package system. Like, are they packaged with the system? Yeah. There's literally millions of them. But it's a game that everybody wants, so it can still sell for $25. Oh, at least. Based on the out there it should sell for about three dollars because <laughs> they're easy to find but they're in such demand people are going to spend 25 it's very weird how, how it works i've learned a lot about just like kind of supply and demand and, and a lot of it like video games and collecting in general is just the demand yes there are lots of nes games that are rare but nobody wants them so they still only sell for like six bucks yeah you know, it's just, but, but you get something like Earthbound for the Super Nintendo. Good old Ness and Lucas. There's tons of those out there. 
I see an Earthbound at almost every store that I go and, and shop at when I'm like shopping around. Yeah. I see them all the time. It still goes for like 250 bucks. Really? Just because there's just like lore behind it of it being a rare, hard to find game. So people will still pay that price for it. It's very weird. Man. But, you know, you know, if you do, do you know what I think people won't pay a lot of money for? What's Bengals that? tickets. Bengals. <laughs> that was our segue into. That was a good segue. I was impressed. Well done. I've, I've practiced these. Lloyd, my co-host, he's like one of the biggest comedy, non-comedy nerds I know. Which, by the way, non-comic comedy nerds are some of my favorite people to talk to. Because they're the ones that like they don't have any bias or they're not trying to compete for anyone. They just love comedy. And they know people at like my level or like people that, were, like, people that like live in Indianapolis. Yeah, but, but there's even a certain subset of those people. Because, like, it, it's just like I was talking about, like, AGT and wrestling fans earlier. Yeah. If you're a hardcore comedy nerd, like, the amount of, like, hardcore comedy nerds that try to tell me how to do my job oh, or my. why my joke, why, why this isn't funny. And I'm like, I, I, I appreciate that you love this art form, but, man, if you've never been on stage, don't tell me that my arm jokes don't work. <laughs> because I got third place, and I can buy a house now telling those jokes. So clearly, yes. I think I figured something. Those are the same people that talk about how hacky Larry the Cable Guy is when he makes like a million dollars a night. Yeah. How like, oh, oh yeah. He filmed yeah, a special in a football stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin Hart really needs some advice from a guy who is a bartender part time. Yeah. About how to tell jokes. Yes. But anyway, um... What the fuck happened last week? The Bengals, um, they've been really blowing it recently. They lost to the New York Giants 19-17. to It was the debut of Brandon Allen. I don't know how much you know about him. Oh, I, I, I know that uh, he was the one whose knee didn't explode. That's, <laughs> that, that, that seems to be why he is playing. Right now, yes, because Joseph Lee had his knee explode against the football team. Yeah, Um, which, by the way, I don't. To a side note, not what we're talking about here. I hope that they keep Washington Football Team as the name. That would be so funny. It's one of those things that, like, the Redskins name should have been changed years ago. A while ago, It, it, it is very much a racial slur. It should have been changed. So long ago. I want to make sure that that point is clear to yes. everyone. Yes, we get but you. But man, that, that, that is some great passive-aggressive <laughs> changing, though. Like, fine, we're a football team. That's brilliant. It's I wasn't so a good. Washington football team forever. That is such good, like, like clapback. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, you were wrong for that Redskins thing. But that's really good clapback right there. So um, I, this actually made national news because my the, my rival high school was also nicknamed the Redskins in Cincinnati. And right okay. after Washington changed it, Anderson changed it. So it was basically... Okay, yeah. I mean, it, it, and I'm all for progress. Times change, you know? Like, I know a lot of people think that it's like, oh, it's too PC. No, man, just, just people evolve. Things yes. change. You can't do the same things that you used to, you know? It just... That, that, that's the, the second that we like people even said that like now like not to get political or anything but like they don't understand like why like well why, why is China flu bad but they used to call it the Spanish flu yeah because there were people from 1918 yeah exactly 
Let's not take naming conventions from people who didn't think that women could handle voting yet. <laughs> you know, like, yes. fucking idiot. Yes. So, anyway, Brandon Allen. So, Brandon Allen, like, he started a few games for Denver last year, if I'm not mistaken. He was kind of a... <laughs> Yeah, he was a mediocre game. I always thought he was... I compared Brandon Allen to, like, a slightly shittier Kyle Allen. Yeah, I think, I think that's who I, who I was getting him confused with in my brain when you were bringing him up there. I think Allen has become just, like, the generic football quarterback. It's like the creative player. Yes. There's, like... When there was, like, three Allens that have started this year so far. Uh, Josh Allen, Kyle. and I know Kyle Allen's hurt right now. Yes. But And then and Brandon then Allen. Brandon Allen... Woody Allen, I think, is going to start for, uh, yes. for the Giants next week with Daniel Jones out. Yes, Allen Robinson, I think, is going to start a couple games. <laughs> Perfect. Um, the Allen Carpet Project is now playing the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's going to be great. So, um, I don't know, I, I bring this up on the podcast a lot, but there's a ar- series of articles called Why Your Team Sucks. It's a, It used to be okay. on Deadspin, now it's Defector. But the guy that writes it, they like people submit like um, roasts about teams. And one guy said, our previous backup quarterback was Ryan Finley. And he said, Ryan Finley is the most perennial second stringer name I've ever heard. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that, that is, uh, again, it's that generic creative player. That, that's like someone that would generate in Madden as a uh, computer-generated rookie. As a 67 overall that. Madden guy. Yeah, exactly. But the game itself, it was like... The Giants started off hot. They had like a, a long reception to Evan Ingram, and then they scored with Wayne Gallman right away. And then right after that, Brandon Wilson, our stud kickoff returner, just immediately ran one back, 103 yards, which was the longest play in Bengals history. Really? Yeah, it was 103 yards. Just ran it out of the end zone and just torched us, torched the Giants for a little bit. And it felt. Yeah, that. Go ahead. I was going to say, that's interesting. Like, again, it goes back to me being a numbers nerd. Uh, I've been watching some videos recently of, like, um, you know, here's a compilation of the longest completion for every team in the NFL. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of them are, like, 99. There's, like, some teams that, like, have been around a long time that, like, yeah, their longest pass is, like, an 81-yard touchdown. Really? And you'd figure if you're, if you've, I think, I want to say it was, like, the Eagles or someone like that. Someone that's been around. So, so the Eagles had how, one like, uh, when Vic played. I think it was like a ninety-some yard touchdown to Deshaun Jackson on Monday Night Football. Yeah, uh, so it might not have been the Eagles. It was something like that. Yeah, but there's like teams that have existed, and it's just weird how football works. Yeah, you know? like like I want to say the Dolphins was like an eighty-six yarder, and like for someone who had like Marino and like Bob Greed, like you figure even accidentally. Some of the records were, like, by a fourth-string quarterback who played once. You just happened to, you know, there was a blown coverage or a breakaway kind of thing. And yeah, I think the Browns had a 99-yarder against the Bengals. anything longer than that yet. Yeah, it's impossible to do one longer than 99 yards. Overpass that. I'm talking about the kick return. Yes, uh, 109. Yeah. Uh, I think Cordero had one. I think Jacoby Jones might have had one. Yeah. yeah. Just, just wild. Anyway. Yeah. So other than that, other than the uh, that touchdown, the kick return, there was a touchdown to T. Higgins, who's been an absolute stud this year. It was a very, very boring game to watch, and I'm sure it, it was. Uh, I didn't watch the game, but um, just you know, from fantasy football, it was a boring game to follow. Oh yeah, <laughs> even on like GameCast, it was like it was just kind of like 
man, this is just not a sexy. Because, like, I mean, any team from the NFC East has been rough this year. Every you single know, one. Like, yeah, like, and it's not even that, like, the records are bad and they're not, like, you know, whatever, they've lost some close game. It's like, they're not interesting to watch. Like, yeah. none of those teams are maybe football team with uh, Antonio Gibson starting to play a little bit better. Like, yeah. he's at least a bright spot where you're like, okay. But for the most part, like, the Eagles are awful to watch with Dak Prescott out. Like, the Cowboys are garbage to watch. The yeah. Giants have been hard to watch for about 10 years now. Yeah, Daniel Jones can't even stay on his feet. Yeah, it's just like, there's just something, there's sometimes like, like I'll put it in this uh, concept because uh, my Dolphins played the Chargers a couple weeks ago. Yep, two versus Herbert. Don't have a great record, but they've been fun to watch. They because they have Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen, and now they just got Austin Eckler back. Exactly. They, they just haven't been able. They haven't learned how to finish yet. They're too young as a team. They don't know how to finish yet. But they're exciting to watch, even though they're a bad team based on record. Yes. NFC East is garbage. Oh, it's, it's terrible. To watch. Uh, you might see a six-win team in the playoffs this year. Yeah. I'm almost rooting for it. Go, go football team. Go That's football it. team. <laughs> football. Go. I don't want it to be the Cowboys. I don't want their fan. Yeah. I feel okay with the Redskins. And you know what? The, the, just because 2020 is what it is, screw it. That 6-10 and 10 team making a run to the Super Bowl. There's a lot of weird things happening. I mean, once you get in, one and done, who knows what can happen. So. Yeah. I mean, the Titans were like 9-7 and seven last year, and they made a run. I, I was literally, they played the Patriots in the wild card round, and I thought, the Titans have a chance to upset the Patriots. They're hot right now. Yep. And they I mean, pulled I mean, it off. I mean, I mean both, the, both the Super Bowl runs that the Giants had with Eli Manning, they yeah. were pretty average teams. Like, they kind of snuck into the playoffs and just got hot at the right time. Yeah. Eli Manning, for a while, was an average quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I've always put it this way. Someone who lived in Indianapolis, this was never a popular viewpoint. But I always thought that Peyton Manning was a little overrated. Because he, like, Peyton Manning is a great regular season quarterback. Never really played well in the Playoffs. Because the second Super Bowl he won, it was the fucking Denver defense. Yeah, that that one year. Because the one year I think that he probably, he put up those record numbers in Denver. I don't think they won that year, did they? That was the year they got smoked by the Seahawks. Seahawks. It was the, the first play was like a safety or something. Yeah, but but then like look at someone like Eli Manning. Eli Manning, I thought was a an average to good regular season quarterback. Like he wasn't going to lose you many games, but he wasn't. He, was, he wasn't going to be putting up five touchdowns at 450. He wasn't going to be Patrick Mahomes. Like, the reason... The, playoffs, the dude just won. Yeah, like, the reason uh, Odell Beckham made that insane one-handed catch was because Eli Manning's throw was a little off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but but he just he figured out, like, when it got to the playoffs, Eli knew how to win. I, I would take Eli in the playoffs 100% of the time over Peyton. Yeah, because Peyton's teams were stacked. Because he, what was that? Peyton's teams were stacked. Like he had two of the better wide receivers of the two thousands. Yep. Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, he fondled Jeff Saturday's taint for ten years. I'll take it. <laughs> Which is all of our goals as football fans, quite yeah. frankly. My cousin was a quarterback, and he said I fondled the center's taint. I'm like, yeah, I get that. That's funny. Yeah, I mean, win in Rome. Yes. Why not? So, um, like I said, the Bengals game was very, very boring. But I want to talk about this a little bit. 
before we get to the Burns a little bit, um, you guys tanked last year a little bit. You guys traded Laramie Tunsil. Yeah. It's, it was one of those things that, like, I think it's ended up being genius moves because I think football, more than a lot of sports, locker room chemistry is really important. Yeah, the Bengals don't have a lot of it. it yeah, it, it does. Like, like, in basketball, it seems like you can kind of stack a team and you have a good chance to win just because individual talent will win out. Yes. In football, it doesn't seem to work that way. No. Um, if you don't have that chemistry, and I think the Dolphins' problem, because over the years, they've had a lot of really good players, and players that I liked as players. Like him. You know, Tunsil, obviously, he's an all-pro left tackle. Yep. You don't just have those no. casually. But apparently, he was kind of a dick, and he was hard to be around. Same yeah. thing with Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry is still, I, I love him as a wide receiver. I think as a player, he's great. Apparently, he was a pain in the ass. I don't doubt that him. at all. And him and OBJ yeah. together, like Freddie Kitchens, Freddie Kitchens couldn't handle OBJ and Jarvis Landry. Stefanski yeah. seems like he can, he can handle that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so, like, I think that's part of it. So, like, at the time, those individual moves are like, what are you what are you doing? Why are you getting rid of them? But like what they were able to draft this year and what they were able to, I mean, cause they, they even have the Texans number one pick next year too, which has a chance to with be Laramie Tunsil. Yeah. That was part of the Tunsil. They got last year's number one and this year's number one for Tunsil. Jeez. So, um, you know, it, it was one of those things that like, and I think it also kind of shows what, a good coach Brian Flores has become. He's fantastic. Because even last year when everyone was like, they're going to tank for Tua. They're going to tank. This could be the worst football team in the history of the NFL. Ryan Fitzpatrick wouldn't allow it. Yeah. Like, but even like, cause I, I don't even think he allowed it. Cause like, like, like I think the tanking thing is always an overblown thing. The tanking happens at the general manager coach level. It doesn't happen at the player level. No, never. Because I've, I've said this. like You can't ask a football team to lose. I tried to yeah, write a bit about this and it bombed. Yeah, yeah. Those players are are still fighting for jobs. They need to be employed next year. Even if they're stop gags just on the roster this year, they still want to get hired somewhere else. And if they're tanking, like yeah. no one's going to ever sign them. So, um, but I even think Flores, like, like, as a fan, there was part of me in my head, and it ended up working out, but in my head, I was like, because they had a little run at the end. They went like 500 the last, like, not eight or nine games. Like, they played well. And I was like, man, you guys are going to play yourselves out of a quarterback. <laughs> You're just yeah. not going to. Because, like, they just they had too much pride. Um, Tua was who I wanted. Um, it's still a little early on Tua. He just had the playing time and obviously being a little hurt. He's had yeah. a bad ankle. He's had, he's had injury concerns since college, which is kind of concerning. Yeah. yeah. When he plays, like, like I think he's shown some, like, right, I, I would kind of compare him a little bit to Joe Burrow. Joe, Joe Burrow, I don't think has been amazing this year, but you can kind of see, you, you can see that. You can see, talent. you can see flashes of talent because exactly. Burrow has had a shit line the entire year. Yeah. And I said, like, you can only pressure a quarterback so many times before his ankle needs to be 127 hours. Yeah, it's it's rough. What was it? Um, why can't I ever think of his name? But David Carr's brother? Derek Carr. 
Derek. No, no, no. So I met David actually. So Derek's home for the Raiders now. His brother, David. Yes. Who was like a touted number one pick for the Texans, who just got murdered. Yeah. Because they had no offensive line. Like sometimes it's not. They were an the, expansion uh, franchise. Yeah, exactly. It's not always the quarterback's fault. Like if they can't, um, and, and it showed. Uh, you know, you could see how uncomfortable Tua was last week, or that Denver game. Um, that he didn't. We have Von that, Miller on the other side. Like, he couldn't run. He couldn't move. He was just a sitting duck back there. Um, yeah. And the offensive line can only do so much. So if your quarterback's getting hit all the time, they're going to be terrible no matter who it is. Yes. And even Burrow, like, Burrow made plays, and he was able to escape despite the fact that he was constantly getting pressured, constantly having people coming after him. But yeah, my big... Uh, that's why every team should put their money. That's why left tackles get paid what they get paid. If so you get a good guy. I brought this statistic up, but... Do you know the last time a number one draft pick has not been a quarterback, offensive tackle, or defensive end? Um, shit, I don't. 1996. Um, damn. Uh, it was uh, Keyshawn Johnson. He was the number one pick that year. Was Keyshawn number one? Yes. Okay. But after that, every number one pick has either been a quarterback, offensive tackle, or defensive end. Yeah, that I mean, that's where the money is. That's they're, where they're the, like the three most important the, positions. You know, yeah, those are. Yeah, you, you you win mostly with quarterback, offensive line, defensive line. Yep. That's, that's how you win. You, you got to protect the quarterback and you got to rush the quarterback. Yes, that's what you do. So I brought up the tanking because uh, a guy, Joe Goodberry, had a great tweet. He talked about how the Bengals like didn't fully commit to the tanking, which is why they don't not only have a bad team this year, but they don't have a lot of draft capital. He said the shitty part about semi-tanking last year is that the Bengals didn't fully commit. Because uh, now A.J. Green, who was a popular trade target, just had his third zero-catch game of the season last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. his stock is... Like, they, they should have definitely traded him last year. Yes, and I'm, I was a big, a, I'm a big... I'm a very loyal person. I wanted A.J. Green to retire a Bengal. And I'm like... You I, I love A.J. Green as a player. Like, like I, I, he's been so fun to watch over his career. Oh my like, God, the best! Where you just gotta, you, you gotta move on. Like, you have to think long term for the franchise. It's the, it's, it's the reason why, like, as good as Fitzpatrick has played this year. Yeah, if if two is your guy, like Fitzpatrick, I enjoy him, but he's an old ass man in NFL terms. <laughs> you he's, know, he's he's not gonna be the guy for ten years. So no. you gotta get your guy up. Yes, and they said uh, Geno Atkins, former force. Has one tackle this year. Sean Williams, great safety for a while, only plays special teams. And Carlos Dunlap is now in Seattle for a sixth-round pick. And he's been doing great. Yeah, he had like three sacks a couple weeks ago, didn't he? He's nuts. He was a great player who, like, hated his life in Cincinnati and, like, was so frustrated that he put his house up for sale. Yeah. And that's that's part of what I was talking about earlier with the – you know, the locker room, uh, you know, just like how that chemistry is important. Yes. Um, my, my favorite example of it is Randy Moss. So yeah. Randy Moss, when he was in Minnesota for a while, he was great. And then he started falling off. And then when he went to, to the Raiders, he had horrible years. I, I think everyone at the time thought Randy Moss was done. Yep. Because he put up nothing. Because he wasn't motivated. He didn't work hard. He didn't do anything in uh, in uh, Oakland at the time. And then, and then he goes into to the Oakland. Patriots, 
and it uh, set a record his first year that is still yet to be broken. Yeah, exactly. And maybe it never will be broken. Who knows? Yes. So it's like, it, it's, it's part of like how motivated you are. Some players can just like, I mean, look at someone like Larry Fitzgerald. He has played on some awful teams. Yes. But he's always, he's always produced. Yes. Uh, I, I think, I, I saw something with him a couple years ago before, um, before they got uh, Kyler Murray, where they kind of asked him, because I think he has the record for catching most touchdowns from different quarterbacks. Oh my God, yeah. He got some from Carson Palmer. Yeah, yeah, outside of that little bit of time where they had Paulson, uh, Carson Palmer for a little bit. Josh and Rosen. Had, uh, Warner for a little bit. And then Josh know? Rosen, and then Kyler Murray. Yeah, but but like they, they uh, he successfully did it, but it was like 22 different quarterbacks or something like that. And they were like asking wow. him to name every quarterback he had caught a touchdown from in the NFL. So it's like asking Antonio Cromartie to name all his kids. Exactly. It just <laughs> so, but like, so, so again, it, it also depends on the player himself too. And if Dunlap wasn't motivated in Cincinnati, hey, you you send him on his way. It's the same thing. I was okay with the Dolphins getting rid of people like Tunsil. And hey, if you don't want to be there, get that get the fuck out. And, I kind of get that now. I kind of get that now because I was a big loyalist, but now I'm like, shit. You could you had you, you could have had like a third, second, third round draft pick, Ray J Green. But now you have no draft pick and a wide receiver who is literally putting up zero catches. So you're like, fuck. Yeah, like, like, what's probably going to happen with that? They're not, I don't think they're going to get anything back for him. Oh, I not at all. Like, seventh yeah. rounder, sixth or seventh rounder? At best, but, like, uh, they, they have no leverage now. They, they let know. Dalton walk. Yeah, exactly. And I think they know now that they don't, that A.J. Green's just not going to be the player he was there. So why would anyone give up a seventh rounder? Yeah. He's going to get cut anyway. <laughs> Eventually, sucks. you know. So it's, yeah, and, and, and I get this, man. As being a Dolphins fan, up until probably the last two, three years, it was just mind-bogglingly stupid just decisions by yeah. front office people who didn't know. Like, it, it, it's crazy to think that, like... Because you, you guys stuck with Tannehill for a while. Yeah, and again, just bad system for him and, and just bad locker room because he's played really well for the Titans. He's been great. Yeah, hasn't been him. But, like, the Dolphins, like, over the years, like, they had a chance at Peyton Manning when he left Indianapolis. They didn't make a serious run at him the way they should have. Did they ever run at Brady when he uh, left New England? Um, maybe, but I'm sure everybody took a run at Brady, like, during certain times. But Yeah. Um, like, like, a lot of people, they, they passed on Drew Brees. When, before Drew Brees signed for the Saints because Drew Brees was coming off that shoulder injury. I remember that. And yeah, that's when Philip Rivers took over in San Diego. Exactly, yeah. So they, they were about to, like, I think the Dolphins and the Saints were the only two teams that were, like, serious even looking at him. And they passed on him. They said he'll never be anything. Didn't they take, like, Culpepper instead? Yeah. Culpepper and then, fuck, Fiedler? They had Fiedler for a while. They've had, I think, Dolphins. Quarterbacks, Damon Heward, uh, hell, I don't know, something, Cleo Lemon, I think was their stuff. Chad Henney <laughs> for a few games. Yeah, it's just, it's just been rough. That's why I'm excited. I don't know if, I don't know if Tua is going to end up being the guy. It's so hard to predict long-term successful quarterbacks. Yeah. But it's the first time in 20 years, since Marino, that I've legitimately been excited about who our quarterback is. Well, with... Well, with like the prospect, because you're not like 
Man, Fitzpatrick's going to play till he's 47. No, he's not. He's going to play until he's like 39, and then he's going to retire. Yeah, and, and again, two of might end up being a bust. Like, the injuries do concern me as a fan. He just might not ever be able to stay healthy enough to be the guy. Yeah. But it's the first time that, like, I feel the Dolphins are doing the right moves to build a team. Yes. Like, their defense you guys... playing really well. Like, they, they put weapons that want to be there around, <laughs> you know, yeah. a guy who potentially could be a high-traffic franchise quarterback. Because other than, but, like... Um... Yeah. Other than Devontae Parker, you guys have, like, I was looking up, like, Jakeem Grant and, like, uh, what's his, Anton, or Antonio Callaway, that's his name. Callaway. Yeah. yeah, a lot of legal trouble, and I'll get to that in the roasts. Yeah, yeah, that, that's all. Yeah, I forgot he was on the team. He just got activated a couple weeks ago. I don't yeah, think he, was, he has been. He was suspended. He, he has a hell of a rap sheet, and I'll get to that. But yeah. well, uh, and one of those things, it, it's, it's uh, we can get to it in a little bit more depth, but, like, man, like, a good player, if he ends up being problematic, send him the door. Yep, you I was know, just he, reading. Some people have gotten rid of Antonio Brown, and no, no one can deny that Antonio Brown is an incredibly talented wide receiver. Monster. He's just really more. He's more problems than he's worth. I was uh, watching a video because you're a baseball guy, and I was watching a video like last night about Elijah Dukes. Yeah. Yeah, monumentally yeah, was talented. A nightmare human, but he was so talented, but. He had that run where he was like a, a productive player, and then all of a sudden, he just kept beating his girlfriend, threatening his girlfriend, threatening to kill him and the kids, and it just fucking fell off. I mean, look, it went the opposite way, but look at Josh Hamilton, who was originally, he was this... Cincinnati Red. coming of Mickey Mantle for the, the the Reds, and he had so many, or for the Rays, I think, originally. Yeah. And he had so many, uh, like, just drug pro he just couldn't handle his own personal demons, and yep. he just wasn't a good dude. And he kind of went the other way. He got his life together and then, like, in his early 30s, became one of the best hitters in baseball for about four or five-year run. Because I remember that year because the Reds originally had him and then they traded him to the Rangers for Edson Volquez and, I believe, Daniel Ray Herrera, just a little relief pitcher. Yeah. So I remember that Not not terrible. I mean, Volquez had a good run for the Reds. That's not an awful... That that trade worked out for both sides, I think. He did, I will say, and we'll get to the Dolphins um, in a bit. But 2010, the AL MVP was Josh Hamilton, and the NL MVP was Joey Votto. So if you had had two MVPs on the same team, madness. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole different concept. I'm I'm a Chicago Cubs fan. I like Wrigley has the old-timey charm. Yeah. I love Wrigley. It's it's a shithole, and I love it for it. But I remember, um, this is the last thing I'll say, and then we'll get to the Manscaped ads, and then the Burns. Um, but I went to a game a couple of years ago. I think the Cubs went to the Diamondbacks, because I went to a comedy, I went on a comedy trip to Chicago, and that game, it was like 6-4 going to the bottom of the ninth. Bodie hit a two-run homer to tie it, and then the very next batter, Rizzo, walked it off. Yep. I don't know if you remember that game at all, but... Vaguely, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it was it was fun being a Cubs fan for a little bit. <laughs> that that sixteen World Series is one of the best I've ever seen. Yeah. But yeah, um, we'll get to the reads here um, because we do a little bit of manscaped. I don't know if you know about that. Support. Uh, we'll say support for fuck you. We like the Bengals comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. 
Listen up. Um, jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. A lot of these are punny. Um, untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season, and I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Now, forgive me if this is an offensive question. How, uh, how have you managed uh, shaving with, um, with what you got going on? How do you manage oh, that? Oh, I, I, I actually have a, a, a Manscaped. I have the, uh, the lawnmower 2.0. So. Oh, nice! <laughs> so I do. Uh, actually, a little, uh, little uh, kind of funny anecdote. Um, if you've seen the commercials for um, for the uh, like that are like aired before like YouTube videos, yeah, uh, the grooming guru. <laughs> that's my buddy Zoltan. I've known Zoltan Casas thirteen years or so. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a comic. He did a dry bar special, didn't he? What's that? He did a dry bar special, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, Zoltan. He, he's a really good friend of mine. I've known him for you know almost since I started comedy, like really early. Where you so I, when I first started seeing those commercials, I would text him. I'd be like, hey, quit telling me to shave my balls already. <laughs> yelling at me. You ever hurt your balls uh, while shaving? Funny thing too, this, uh, this last weekend, I was doing an outdoor gig in San Diego. Uh, I got to do a show. Um, I'm going to butcher his last name. I think it was James Schaefer. He is the, uh, the Dr. Squatch soap guy. From those commercials, like the long hair guy. So basically, I have a lockdown on knowing all of the people who want my balls clean. <laughs> have you ever hurt your balls while shaving? Oh, constantly. Yes. Yeah. We ha- it happens all the time. I've nicked them constantly. It, t- it tells us to say this. I'm not just asking for shirts and Googles. Uh, but that's why, this, that's why this revolutionary company, Manscaped, has redesigned their electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 3.0 has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer cuts on your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The Lawnmower 3.0 uh, comes inside their brand new Perfect Package 3.0, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut-free, and smelling nice down there. And you don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's just nasty. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest parts of your body? And yes, your balls stink. Um, Speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, I am thankful for their Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Preserver, keep your balls from sweating, smelling, and sticking. And these products smell great. Their manly scent is attractive and will help you set the mood, if you know what I mean. The Perfect Package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxers that will keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to Manscaped high-performance anti-chafing, anti-chafing boxers. Tis the season to Manscaped, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, and friends the best gift of all, the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code armchair. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. So, uh, Ryan. And just before we start, because I don't want to have anyone mad, his name is James Schrader, not Schaefer. James so, shout Schrader? Shout out to our new buddy. James Schrader, the Dr. Squatch guy. And Dr. Squatch and Zoltan, uh, the grooming guru for Manscaped. Yes. And, clean, and if you had to bet on how many times um, Ryan would mispronounce his friend's names, I would go to bet online. 
I would do that. <laughs> I see what you did there. Thank you. Uh, the wait is finally over. Football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Now, Ryan. Are you ready to roast your beloved Miami Dolphins? I mean, I've been, uh, I didn't prepare anything, but I've been casually roasting my Dolphins for the better part (laughs) of 25 years, so. Yes. Let's do it. Let's do it. I got the slideshow right here. We got, um, we're going to start with the owner, Stephen Ross. Uh, Stephen Ross, I which first of all I forgot I thought about this before the cast podcast. I don't think Ryan has ever seen me do comedy, so I don't know if he thinks I'm funny or not. <laughs> so yeah, this is a lot of pressure. Yeah, that's fine. We'll, we'll get through it. Yes. Like, I didn't prepare anything, so these, this might not be my best work. Oh, it's fine. I've been doing this for three years, so sometimes I phone it in. I don't know if yeah, this yeah, is one of those. Anyone hear when I talk about like really third place? Should have got fourth. <laughs> but yes, uh, we'll start with Stephen Ross. He looks like the Six Flags guy's dad. Six Trump flags. <laughs> yeah, he's a. Uh, I, I, I try not to care too much about the uh, the political aspect of the owners of my football uh, sports teams. Because they're all old, white, rich Republicans. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, like, that's, like, you, you, you have to be, like, I think this way about just, like, most super rich people. Like, I know they worked hard. Yes. But, like, I work hard, too, and I'm not worth billions of dollars. I can't buy the Dolphins. No. <laughs> you got to be a little bit of a scumbag <laughs> to get that kind of money. Yes. Like, we, I went hard on Dan Snyder a, few, a couple weeks ago, and that was a blast. Oh, well, Dan Snyder is the freaking worst. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, Stephen Ross is like, is like if everyone's old grandpa had money. He just, like, <laughs> he's just one of those kind of guys, you know? He's like, like I, if it's just your poor grandpa who lives in Arkansas, he's just a silly old racist guy from a different time. <laughs> Stephen Ross just happens to have billions of dollars behind it. <laughs> <laughs> and, um... Coaching. Brian Flores. He looks like if Terry Crews hosted America's Got Talent on public access TV. <laughs> yeah, I have trouble with Brian Flores because he's the first coach that I've actually loved. Like, like Man, you guys uh, have gone through some guys, haven't you? I think the best thing about Brian Flores is he's not Adam Gase. Oh, boy. <laughs> did you see, so did you see the, uh, the Broncos tweet they had about Kendall Hinton? About how it's like, so the Broncos were like, this game, it happened, it was a game, we all know what the final score was, but let's give respect to Kendall Hinton, who tried, basically. So, um, someone said they should do a tweet like that about Adam Case. (laughs) I'll have to find it real quick. It it might take, there it is, there it is. 
Um, so the original tweet said, there was a game today. The final score is what it is. Undrafted rookie wide receiver Kendall Hinton came off the practice squad, had zero practice reps, and completed it in his first game as an NFL quarterback, as the Broncos quarterback, an unprecedented situation. He deserves all the respect. So someone said this about Adam Gase. <laughs> he said, there was a game today. The final score is what it is. Unwanted wide receivers coach Adam Gase came off the street, had zero time to sober up, and coached what felt like his first NFL game as the Jets head coach. An unprecedented situation. <laughs> yeah, the fact that that guy keeps getting, uh, getting coaching gigs is mind-boggling to me. He was bad uh, with the Dolphins, and he's even worse with the Jets. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say one another good thing that Brian Flores has. He might already be the most successful expatriates coach as a head coach. Yeah, and he has a losing record overall. Like he might, he's not Matt Patricia. Oh yeah, because like, he still has a job. Yeah. Who, who knows when he'll eventually tank out? But but so far, <laughs> I'll take it. Oh, I mean, I more power to you guys. It seems like he's doing a good job. He's got a good team. People seem to like to play for him. Yeah. It's either the I'm Dolphins sure. or the Bills in the AFC East. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully for a while, too. Yes. Which means that they'll go 2-14 and 14 next year. <laughs> and who is leading that 2-14 and 14 team? Quarterback. Okay, let me see if I'm pronouncing this name right. Um, let's see. Uh, Josh Allen's bitch. Um, <laughs> um, Tua Tango... Uh, I actually heard that Tua Tango Vailoa, I believe. Yes. Tua Tonga Vailoa. Uh, he could be hurt this week, so if he if he is hurt this week, he could engage in his number one hobby of wearing black turtlenecks and posing near staircases. <laughs> well done with a nice gold chain. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I, I would I would like to make a joke about Tua, but I'm afraid that if I actually finish the joke, his hip will fall out of fucking again. <laughs> uh, He's very, uh, he, he, he's a, he, I think he's a good quarterback. So far, he's, he's made of glass. Yes. I always say, I say this joke every time I get the chance. Someone originally said it about Jordan Reed. Saying Tua is made of glass is insulting to the structural integrity of glass. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Hopefully, I mean, Frank Gore has had like 18 torn ACLs over his career. And yeah, he was born retire. in this, he was also <laughs> born during the fucking Korean War, so I don't blame him. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I mean, hey, if he can do it with his legs just basically being falling apart, hey, who is to say Tua can't have another 15 years of being on the IR? Yes. So I've also said this about um, players being old. I don't make fun of players for being old anymore. Because if you're 37 and can still compete with, like, 24, 25-year-olds, tip-top shape, I'm not going to shit on Frank Gore for that. He is phenomenal. Yeah, and I think the way, like, I think a lot of people forget, too, like, sports is, like, it's not a super loyal, like, there's some loyalty, but, like, if you're too old that you're not helping, like, you're, you're costing the team, they will cut you. Yes. I mean... I mean, Peyton Manning basically resurrected the Indianapolis Colts as a franchise. Yeah. When they thought he couldn't go anymore, they sent him the door. Yeah. You know, like, they, they sent had him one right shitty out, so. year of Curtis Painter, and then enter Andrew Luck. Yeah. So, but, like, I'm saying, like, especially in, like, modern sports, there's not that kind of loyalty where, you know, Frank Gore wouldn't be playing on a team 
out of just respect to Frank Gore. Yes. He still has to be the best option. And I'm not saying he's the best running back in the league. Kind of like probably I think the next one we're going to talk about with Brian Fitzpatrick. Yep. He's not the best quarterback in the league. He's an old-ass man, but there's a reason he's there. <laughs> he's not there because they, they like Ryan Fitzpatrick as a He's person. not the future. He's a stopgap. And also looks like if – he looks like the only time he's ever cried was at a five-finger death punch concert. <laughs> yeah, he, he looks like a guy instead of graduating from Harvard, uh, he got kicked out because he kept busking at the student center. <laughs> <laughs> You're just wearing an old like 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 one of those uh, Mexican ponchos. <laughs> and he just plays his uh, acoustic guitar. Yes, he's one of the smart. Like I think, not even him being from Harvard, but I think he's just one of the smartest. That guy's made so much money being. An okay quarterback because he's like his, over, his overall body of work is all right. He's had a good run. He's, he's a good. He's an average to good quarterback. But man, that guy has four game spurts that make him millions of dollars. Yes, he does. The Buccaneers stretch in twenty eighteen. Um, oh, let's just oh. let's look at the gigs he's taken. Rams from 05 to 06. Bengals two thousand seven to two thousand eight. Bills for four years after that. Titans in 13, Texans in 14, Jets in 15 and 16, Bucks in 17 and 18, and Dolphins 19 and now. Those are, that's a lot of jobs that no one really wanted. Yeah, yeah, because he was, he was always the stopgap, but, but bless him, he's made his money. Everything I've ever heard about him, he seems to, like, even his demotion now, he wasn't happy about it, but, like, he's it broke his heart. Yeah, he's been a good mentor to Tua, like, he's there for the team. Yes. That's why they around i i hope he gets a, a coaching gig one day oh he will yeah yeah when no he doubt at age 54 i hope he gets a coaching gig he'd be a really fun offensive coordinator kind of like a byron Leftwich kind of guy yeah exactly um and he sometimes hands the ball off to running back miles gaskin uh i got him on ir in two leagues so i'm hoping he comes back but around Dolphins country, he's known as the little engine that could. And at the trainer's table, he's known as the little PCL that couldn't. <laughs> yeah, like, when you sent me the list of who we were roasting, like, I'm a Dolphins fan. I almost forgot we had Gaskin on the team. Yeah, because he was hurt that, for a while. Because you guys have gone through, like, Matt, like, four running backs this year. It was, like, Matt, Matt Breida, yeah. uh, Jordan Howard, who I forgot until today that he's an eagle now. Yeah, he got cut. Yeah, he got cut by the Dolphins two or three weeks ago. Yeah, it, he was just putting up I, one one stat line. He had was like six rushes for seven yards and a touchdown. Yeah, he did get that one touchdown. He, he sniped a touchdown from Gaskin, yeah. I think, at the time. <laughs> uh, no, I think it was um, I think it was Breda that he snatched it from. What was it Breda at that time? It's it's hard to tell. It's been such a revolving door of because even uh, Ahmed, who had been playing great, he was great. Now. He was good, and now he's yeah. hurt again. Yeah, I think Breed, I think Breed is back this week, um, which uh, I would like to go ahead and uh, pre-announce that Breda is going to be put on the IR next week. Is that what you're? That's, that your, that's your bold prediction. That's my bold prediction. I mean, he's a Dolphins running back. He's probably going to end up. He uh, he's going to get hurt in the third quarter of the Bengals game. I don't yes. wish it on him, but that's just how the running backs work. I think actually I might be running back next week. Um, if you think Matt Breda will get hurt against the Bengals, then you do not know the Bengals' defense. 
Yes. <laughs> this might actually be the one week that he doesn't get touched by anybody. Yes. Uh, you did bring up Matt Breida. During his time at Georgia Southern, Matt Breida volunteered as a reader and speaker at elementary schools, mainly because at the time he was the only person in Georgia who knew how to read. <laughs> I like that one because it's a burn on Georgia, too. Yes. Wide receiver. We're going to start with um, the late bloomer, Devontae Parker, who looks like, you know, Lil Nas X? He did Old Town uh, Road. I don't. He did the song Old Town Road that was all over the radio. Oh, okay, okay. So I did, uh, the audio cut out a little bit. Now I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he looks, I say he looks like Lil Nas X's last-ditch effort to prove that he's straight. <laughs> yeah, uh, for a while there, like, he's, he's played pretty well the last couple years, but for a while there... It was like Devontae Parker was playing uh, as if he wished he could go back to Louisville and yep. bang hookers to get in. Yeah! I mean, if he wanted to bang hookers in Louisville, you got to play for the basketball team. Exactly. I mean, I'm sure the football playing, they, oh, yeah. they have connections. They I, got some connections. So one thing we do to like research players, and Lloyd, my co-host, brought this up, a great website to search is TMZ. Oh, yeah, and see if anything pops up? Yes. The one thing that popped up, and I couldn't think of a joke for this, but the one thing that popped up about Devontae, Devontae Parker was that he had, like, a jeweler make a $100,000 chain with the Louisville Cardinal, like, logo on it. It was insane. Uh, maybe my uh, experience at Indiana State University as a theater kid was different than his, but I can't imagine getting getting uh, alma mater bling yeah. made. So now I know two Indiana State alum, uh, you and Larry Bird. Exactly, yeah. He did not do theater with me. We always try to get him to audition. He's like, I'll only audition if my character is in those short shorts. Yes. And um, second wide receiver, and I'm doing this in order for a reason, Antonio Callaway, who has a hell of a rap sheet. All right, I'm going to list some of this off. This is actually kind of a recycled joke. Because we roasted him when he played for the Browns. But here it is. He was suspended for a whole year in college because of credit card fraud. He had a diluted drug sample at the NFL Combine. He was cited for marijuana possession and driving with a suspended license in 2018. And at Florida, he was accused of sexual assault, but was found not responsible by a judge who was a booster for the University of Florida. And I'm not going to roast him. Because the Miami Herald already did. And it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah so, that's just... Yeah. Man, like, you know, I, I don't know why we have, like... I don't get it, man. Because it's like, like from what I've seen, like, the flashes of, like, time that he had with the Browns, he was pretty good. Like, he's a talented guy. He's a good deep threat. Like, well, like I, I guess, like, him being on the Dolphins shows that there's, like, an exception to every rule. Yes. Of, like, the Dolphins want to do, like, hey, if you're... If you're a bad person, or like we want to bet this culture of, except for this one guy, he's the one that we want to look at. Don't do what Callaway does. That's why he's here. Yes. So I was getting they uh, the Miami Herald roasted him because at one point they had an Antonio Callaway quote, and the one quote he had, uh, he said, "I'm a great person. I'm not this bad person that the media portrays. I mean, I can't stress it enough." He said, "I just got to let my actions speak for me." The very next line, they've spoken loud and clear. Was like wow. Yeah, I mean, that's out there. Yes, it's pretty. It's pretty obvious. 
what he's done. So yeah, and he's not somebody I, I will uh, I, I will miss. I don't know if he's worth the uh, the three catches for fifteen yards he gets every week, or the the two catches for fifty two yards. Yeah, I just don't think that's uh He'll catch that one fluke from Fitz a game, maybe. Yeah, but whatever. And uh, the third stringer, Jakeem Grant. Uh, he has a headband in his headshot that says no speed limit, which makes me think he stole that headband from Antonio Callaway's car. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. What, what uh, do you know about Jakeem? I, I don't know. Like, I, just, I know he's tiny. <laughs> like, uh, like he's definitely the Dolphins' most adorable player. Yes, by far. He's never going to win MVP, but he might get the most adorable player. Aw, he, uh, he, did he take that from uh, what's his dick? Kenny Stills. When Kenny Stills I left, think so yeah, yeah, yeah. Jakeem Grant's like so small that I think his uh, his winter or his summer residence uh, is in uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick's beard. <laughs> I think he just. <laughs> That's how they've actually like worked. Like, like they have good chemistry because he just lives in his beard for four months <laughs> during the off season. And uh, we're gonna move on. We have one more player to roast, and there's an interesting story behind this guy. Tight end, tight end Mike Gesicki. So I always say, and I swear to God, I'm not making this up. Mike Gesicki is the mortal enemy of the podcast. Okay. <laughs> So last year, um, we did a live episode where we roasted um, the Dolphins. They were the live episode. And what I wanted to do was get Mike Gesicki to record a cameo because he's on Cameo. Okay. Which if you, if you want to make some extra video game money, get do that because Terhune's doing it. Yeah, well, Terhune has a different uh, – he has a little bit different uh, character than mine. Yeah. People want to be yelled at by the redneck. Yes. So Gesicki had um, a cameo page. It was like twenty five bucks. It was like twenty five forty bucks or so. So I wanted Gesicki to like record a video of himself, like giving our podcast shit, and I like put it like live on the screen. And he said no. He actually he, no? he said, uh, "Don't think I should." Like in the email <laughs> response I got, he said, "Don't think I should." So then I put it on our Instagram story, and I tagged him in it that said, uh, I've determined that the mortal enemy of the podcast is Mike Gesicki. And he just said, I just, um, he said, I just didn't want any bad karma. He actually responded to my message. Yeah, it, I, I, I like, like, that. that's definitely a sports thing, where it's like, the reason he said no was because, like, he's trying to be a good dude. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like... Fuck you, Mike Gesicki. You're now my mortal enemy for trying to be a good person. Yeah. His his exact message was, LOL, my bad. I didn't want any bad karma. <laughs> I don't know if you can see this, but this is like a real DM conversation I had with Gesicki. Nice. Yes. Well, well done. Well done. Well, even... I, 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 go ahead. I, I like Mike Gesicki, even though he looks like the guy that you would find out was like the head of a hazing ring at a fraternity <laughs> in college. <laughs> like he's everything I've ever heard about him. Good teammate, good guy for like the community. Like it was oh yeah, he's he was like, super cool. He, he has that look. He has like the look of the guy who was like making people like eat their own underwear or whatever weird thing hazing. Yes, <laughs> and he looks like his first words as a baby were tank top. 
<laughs> yeah, he looks. He very much looks like a bro. Oh, a hundred percent. Like even his high, his headshot is just like, like look at how <laughs> smug I am. He seems like the coolest dude. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he's a good dude. I don't know if you uh, uh, if you follow current WWE at all. But no, uh, I'm not a wrestling guy. Yeah, well, hey, uh, there's a wrestler named Matt Riddle. He was with UFC for a while. He okay. wrestles for WWE now. Who's just like his whole gimmick is he's a stoner bro, basically. <laughs> That's what Gestecki looks like to me. I don't know if he's that way as a person. I doubt he is. He just has the look of like someone that like, oh, if he lived in Southern California, he would say bruh a lot. Oh, 100%. But I think we got him pretty good. I know I, we both got your team pretty good. Um, so let's move on to some predictions and bullshit. Um, Got it. The Bengals are not good right now. Your Dolphins are very much. I mean, whether you guys have Fitzpatrick or Tua, you're gonna be fine for the time being. Yeah, it, it's it's very weird how our team has turned out this year because it's like it's the defense that's carrying us. Like, yeah. Like the offense has done enough. They've played pretty well. Um, but even with, like, because Chua, even when he's played, it hasn't been hurt. It's not, he's not putting up Herbert rookie numbers. You know, he's he, not, he's not good for 350 and four touchdowns a week. Like the game against like, the Rams, he only threw for 93 uh, yards because yeah, he didn't need to. Because the defense is so damn good. Two touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Like, I, I love that. Like, like, while a dude is learning how to play in the NFL and, you know, coming back from a really serious injury, if our defense can just keep winning games, like, like the, the obviously the Jets aren't good. Oh, they're, they're, they're a really bad team. I think they're the worse Jets with Darnold than they are with Flacco. Yeah, but the Jets almost beat the Patriots, who still have an okay defense, you know? And they almost beat the Chargers, kind of. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, so they held the three points and really shut them down, so... This could be a rough week for the Bengals if that defense shows up. Oh, yeah. And if, I mean, you're playing what seemed to be a third-string quarterback in Brandon Allen, who at best is a game manager. Yeah. Yeah. He, he is there to get them through the end of the year. Yes. And yeah. they signed, um, we lobbied for Colin Kaepernick because we're, we're, we want him to get a contract and we're that desperate. But we, uh, we signed Kevin Hogan instead. There's a name for you. Kevin Hogan. Oh, Isn't that boy. like Hulk Hogan's kid? Maybe. I don't know. I don't think so. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, it might be a rough one for the Bengals. I'm going to say uh, Dolphins 462, Bengals 7. That's, that's going to be some sort of record. Yes. Uh, my player of the game is going to be... Boomer Esiason. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to say 42 of 45 for 2,100 yards. One touchdown, three picks. Three picks. That's the three, uh, the three uh, incompletions for the yes. touchdowns. Right back. They had to have been run back to get to 462 yes. points. Yes, they so. had to have been. All pick sixes, got it. Yes. Yeah, uh, he's feasting famine. He, go, he goes big. Yes. He goes home. Uh, what's your prediction? Um, my, my more, uh, slightly more realistic prediction. Yes. I think. Uh, I, I think the, I mean, 
I think the Dolphins should win this pretty handedly. Yes. Uh, I, I, I'm picking kind of like a 30 to 14, 30 to 10, kind of in that ballpark. I'm thinking 27, 13 Dolphins. Yeah, I think it'll be in, in that zone, in that general area there. Um, I don't think um, they'll have to do too much. I think Fitzpatrick will play okay. I think the defense will shut him down where they just run the ball with their grocery bagger that they signed off the uh, <laughs> off the practice squad, yeah. whatever that might be. Um, my, my bold prediction, though, is that Fitzpatrick will get a rushing touchdown and he'll do the icky shuffle afterwards. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. My bold prediction is that Blizzard cancels the game. <laughs> Blizzard cancels the game, and, and Flipper and freezes in his cage many, or in his, um, in his tank. Years with my Dolphins for being your friend. As a Bengals fan, I hope you get a cancellation. <laughs> but I think it's going to be rough. Yes. Um, and, and, and I didn't think I would have a tough time in my life again where I would get to actually, as a Dolphins fan, be like, hey, buddy, I'm sorry. It's going to be rough playing the Dolphins this week. Yes. I didn't think that was ever going to be a sentence I got to say again. So and you would be like, the Dolphins are going to win handedly. That's not a phrase people normally say. Yeah, it feels dirty to say it. Like, I don't feel good about it. Like, it feels... I need a shower. You should afterwards. feel fine. Yeah, it just... I, I'm not used like... I, I, as a sports fan, I'm used to disappointment because I'm a lifelong Cubs fan. So, obviously, outside of that one year, we've got some re- one that one year of recent success, but 108 years is 108 years. Yes. <laughs> That's a long time. To you, failure. it was like, what, 35 years? What's that? To you, it was like, what, 35 years? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so with all that for being that long, that's a long ass time. Um, I'm a Dolphins fan who you know a franchise is rough when you mention the Dolphins. The first player you still think of is someone who retired 25 years ago. Yep. That's a rough time. And I'm a Clippers fan. I was a Clippers fan before they were cool. Uh, okay. I became a Clippers fan. When I first moved out to L.A. in 2006, when the Lakers were really good. Because Lakers fans were obnoxious and ruining my open mics. So I became a Clippers <laughs> fan of a fight. So, and the Clippers, uh, obviously they're pretty decent now, but they're disappointing. Yes. <laughs> they underachieve. They have those they're fun years with like Blake Griffin and Chris Paul. and Yeah. All right. The fact they couldn't even get to the finals is absurd. Yeah, they were, uh, they were up for a while, weren't they? Weren't they up in a yeah. series? That's that's me as a sports fan. So uh, because the Dolphins should win handedly, they're probably going to lose by about three touchdowns this week. I like it. I mean, especially that's as a Bengals fan. And finally, I mean, I, first of all, Ryan, thank you so much. I know you're like a fucking busy dude, and thank you that's for popping on, man. Sure. This like this is a this is a cool ass thing. Um. So finally, plugs, man. What do you got? Plug your shit. Uh, Find me on the on the social medias. It's uh, at uh, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at CrippleThreat8. Um, I also uh, go to CrippleThreat.com. My my calendar is on there. Um, I am getting to do shows a little bit now. Um, Where it's are you gonna be? Obviously, I'm in uh, I'm in North Carolina this weekend at Raleigh at Good Nights. Yep. Uh, later on this month. Um, 
in the middle of the month, I think it's the 15th and 16th, I'm at Zany's in Nashville. I was just in Nashville about a month ago, and that city is insane. Yes, it is. I don't think that COVID is high on their priority list of uh, It concerns. is not. Yeah, so. Holy shit, so it's be not. Interesting. Um, and then the 17th, I'm in Huntsville, Alabama at Stand Up Live. Yep. And then uh, December 26th and 27th, right after Christmas, I'm in Oklahoma City at Bricktown Comedy Club. So come join us uh, there if you're in the area, and don't spit in my mouth. That's all I ask. Do it. Go see Ryan. You're taking Dave, I'm assuming? Yes. Uh, for everywhere except for North Carolina. So he's coming with me everywhere else. But uh, Nice. North Carolina, I don't know who it'll be. Nice. Um, it'll be me twice. I'll be in a wig the first time. <laughs> and you'll be selling hot sauce. Exactly. It's going to be very uncomfortable for yes. you. Yes. Uh, I, I don't have a whole lot of plugs. I mean, December 20th, if shows are still going on, I'm going to be headlining uh, at Wiley's for their Sunday showcase. Um, I'm doing Chameleon in Cincinnati on January 29th. I'm featuring for Billy DeVore, friend of the podcast. That's really all I have. Um, so we at the end of the podcast, we usually say, fuck you, Miami Dolphins. We like the Bengals. I'm not sure you want to say that. So I will just say it, and yeah, just... you can say that, and I'll take it sadly because it's I haven't got to be optimistic about the Dolphins in literal decades. Please yes. let me have this. Don't I, take this. Yes. So Ryan, I think I only have one thing left to say. Fuck you, Miami Dolphins. We like the Bengals, and in Lloyd's absence, why, man? Fuck you. We like the Bengals.